They are so much more than divas here in this ring today. They are all WWE superstars. So it is with my great honor to let you guys know tonight, the winner of the triple threat will be the recipient of the first ever WWE Women's Championship. Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And we have a Spencer special to do today, as a matter of fact, since I was able to select the uh, match that we are going to rank this week, and it is... First of all, the most recent match we've done thus far <laughs> by a lot. Why don't you tell everybody how you got to select that match? Yeah, in case you weren't paying attention, uh, or in case you didn't get a chance to catch our bonus episode that we recorded uh, and, and dropped last week. Um, in case you weren't paying attention. Paying attention. He's, he's, yeah. he's calling you out <laughs> yeah, right that's now. that's right. <laughs> uh, I decided Don't to, get the bonus episodes. <laughs> I decided to throw together a little trivia challenge. For Landon and Paul to do some wrestling resume work, right? So I basically um, listed out a resume of a particular superstar, um, and Paul and Landon had to guess and guess who it was. And we had ten of them. At the end of ten, it was a tie, which means I win. So because they tied, I got to pick the match. It's the only way I can win a competition is if I didn't actually win. <laughs> That's so um, I'm I'm happy with it, and I was very happy to bring us to April third. 2016 in AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World from Arlington, Texas, WrestleMania 32, Charlotte, not Charlotte Flair at this particular time, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the new WWE Women's Championship. I remember this being my favorite match on the show when I watched it. The show, which, by the way, was four hours and 51 minutes, not including the pre-show. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how WrestleManias are nowadays. I, I saw an article about uh, this last WrestleMania 35 in New York City mm-hmm. today yeah. about how mm-hmm. twelve thousand people were stranded at the center and saw this uh, as well. And it took it, it was it wasn't until three a.m., which is a whole two and a half hours after the show had ended, mm-hmm. uh, until everyone got on a train and away from the stadium. That's not even when people got home. That's just when the last train left. <laughs> That's ridiculous. These WrestleManias have turned into eight-hour affairs just yeah. about every year now, right? But, Paul, you said it. When I think about WrestleMania 32, this is the match I think about. Easily. It's the only match I remember. Well, well, the uh, Triple H Roman Reigns was uh, extremely forgettable. So. I remember the entrances to that match. I don't remember the match at all. Oh, good point. Yeah. The entrances were great. Um, it's a card that featured Shane McMahon and Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, um, Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose in a no holds barred match. Who could forget? I I know it's wild. It's kind of hard to forget German suplexes. But I don't want that to um, to make this women's triple threat match seem less awesome, right? Like I don't want that to you know just because everything around it wasn't super great, it did make this look even better. Um, but I think it stands on its own as a really, really great wrestling match. Absolutely. This is the first time that I went back and watched this match since seeing it live, and it definitely warrants a watch, uh, even if you're just going back to WrestleMania 32 just for this match. Well, I agree. It it, it reminded me of this past year's main event, and I think it's actually a better match than the one we got this year. I'm kind of inclined to agree with you. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, So I want to tell you why I picked this match specifically. Uh, We'll get to the build in a second, but I want to tell you why this is a match that is worthy of being considered one of the 100 greatest of all time, right? This match at WrestleMania 32 is 16 minutes and three seconds long. Okay. I did some research, did some digging around and looked at every WrestleMania in history prior to WrestleMania 32 and looked at the women's matches. Nerd. Totally accept it. (laughs) I totally accept it. 
Here's what I learned. WrestleMania 32, the triple threat match at 16 minutes, is by far the longest women's match in WrestleMania history to that point. Wow. I know. It's not super shocking. Not super shocking. But I learned a couple of things as well. A third of the WrestleManias up to this point had no women's matches at all. A third? 10 out of 31. Wow. And 61%, that's 19 out of 31, had no women's title match. They just had 25 Divas Battle Royals. Exactly. So let's think about it. WrestleMania 31 had a tag team match six and a half minutes. WrestleMania 30 had the Vicky Guerrero Invitational, where it was AJ versus 13 other people right after Undertaker lost the streak if you remember correctly. No, I don't. Six minutes and 48 seconds. Of course you don't, because you were still thinking about Undertaker losing the streak, exactly. which is why that match was placed where it was. Just three years prior, WrestleMania 29, the only women's match on the card was scratched due to time and never made it out there. Oh my God, are you serious? The Bellas and Cody and uh, Damian oh, Sandow right. were supposed to go against the Funkadactyls, if you remember correctly. Never made it out there. Totally got canceled. Um, before that... I mean, when you go between WrestleMania 32, the only important women's match on a WrestleMania card prior to that um, was WrestleMania 22, Mickey James and Trish. Because in between that, you had Santina Morella, you had 10 Diva tag matches, you had Snooki, you had Maria Menounos. Right. Right. So you're having all this from WrestleMania 22 to WrestleMania 32 in those 10 years. Um, prior to that, there's really not a whole lot either before WrestleMania 22. There's a couple of moments, um, but the longest match you get is Wendy Richter in WrestleMania 1. That's six minutes long. Well, and this is, I know WrestleMania 32 is one of the first, one of the only WrestleManias where there were two women's matches on the card. Exactly. Exactly. And now, obviously, WrestleMania 33, 34, 35, they've had multiple matches. Um but the reason why I picked this match and why I think it's so important, you know, with Trish and Lita, we talk about how that match changed how you saw the Divas. They they were not just pretty people anymore. They could wrestle. This WrestleMania, they are no longer just Divas. They're superstars. And they can hold their own. And uh, I think that is what puts this match for me on a list like this. Yeah, and I completely agree. And I think before we jump in, we need to uh, start this by recognizing um, these ladies as three of the four horsewomen of the WWE. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. They briefly Uh, go into that during the match. I mean, the the fourth, of course, being Bayley, Mm -hmm. who at the time was still in NXT. I believe the night before she dropped the title to Asuka. That is correct. Thus beginning the longest championship reign of the modern era. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, these women are rightfully dubbed the four horsewomen because they collectively possess the rare ability to convey captivating stories with their in-ring performances. It's unbelievable uh, what they can do and what they were doing at the time. Uh, Their names are consistently at the forefront of history-making moments in women's wrestling. And... I do want to point out that WWE is by no means the go-to organization for women's wrestling, right? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, at no, this no, time, no. I would say it's organizations like Shimmer, it's Stardom in Japan uh, that are leading the front for not only women's wrestling, but indie wrestling as a whole. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that's why this match is so important. Mm-hmm. And that's why these women are so important. Because they're being handed the opportunity to make this happen now for WWE. And for the largest viewing audience of any wrestling organization. And we've gotten some really amazing moments from these women. Uh, All because of the doors that were open from this match. Right. There's a stretch after this match. And really, we're still in it. Almost. You know, it definitely still feels that way three years later. But it feels like, specifically in the next year and a half or so, it's just... First after first right. after first after first, all these first ever moments in women's wrestling history in the WWE, and it is all fueled from how these women showed out at WrestleMania 32. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about it. The women's revolution, right? Right. It's been going on for a few years now, mm-hmm. and you know, 
I guess some would say it started right here with this match, you know, officially branded as the revolution. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, women have been in the forefront of professional wrestling since the 50s, right? Right. You had people like Mae Young, Fabulous Moolah, who were had comparable careers and accolades to that of, of Bruno San Martino, who was winning matches across the globe and holding championship belts for years. Women were doing that too. And they were seen as professional wrestlers. They would get in there and they would wrestle just like the men would. It wasn't until around the 90s when the Monday Night Wars were going on that sparked a bit of a shift in how women were perceived and used on television. Uh, it, it's not news, folks. Sex sells, right? Shocker. Uh, so in the 90s, when men dominated the television industry and their moral compasses were non-existent, uh, female wrestling was nothing more than a, a ploy to get more men, particularly teens, to keep watching wrestling. And this meant that some of the greatest wrestlers in history, like Lita and Drish, were subjected to rolling around in jello for 10 minutes or stripping down to their bra and panties, uh, whatever was pulling in, uh, you know, pulling in eyeballs to, to see and to, to keep people, you know, the, the teen boys uh, watching wrestling. Let's not forget the time the women's title was defended in a pool. <sighs> right. I mean, if you look at this timeline of WrestleManias, you can see exactly where the women stand based off of how they are on the card at WrestleMania. Just l- reference the WrestleMania to what year it is, and it makes complete sense. But and, and after a while, the women's division is completely rebranded to Divas, mm-hmm. which, okay, you know, there are arguments made that Diva is a strong word and is a positive word. And, you know, I, I'm not going to you know, spend a lot of time arguing against that. It didn't work for me because right. for me, all the term diva did was separate them from the term wrestler. I agree. Let's not forget the only people who were defending the term diva were the WWE. Well, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, women were given very little time to do anything in the ring and, and, and they were called something different than the men and there was just inequality and it was it was drooping with with inequality, and um, they were mostly just used for buffer matches, right? You know, yep. people call it pee break matches. Right, this is the, what the match that came on right before the main event, usually a women's match, and it was usually five minutes. Right. Um, but there was a noticeable shift when NXT debuted. They brought out a women's championship, and by the way, they called it a women's championship, not a mm-hmm. divas championship. And they brought in an extremely talented athlete coming from a prominent wrestling family in the UK. Uh, and Paige was crowned the first ever NXT Women's Champion. And she was just doing stuff that other women weren't doing. Uh, and, and, I don't, and Paige is an amazing wrestler, don't get me wrong. But I'm not sure how much of that was Paige and how much of that was Triple H saying... You go out there and you do the best that you can do. And and that's not an opportunity that they were being given on the main roster at the time. Well, no. I think it's important to to kind of point out both of those things because part of it is Paige, part of it is and part of it is Triple Eight saying, Go have this opportunity, but it was people like Paige and women like Paige who were taking advantage of these opportunities they didn't have before. That's very true. That's very true. And and people like Charlotte Flair, who of uh, you know, daughter of Ric Flair. Who's going to say no to the daughter of Ric Flair? Uh, she's right. an extremely talented athlete. Uh, and I'm not sure if she was given more leniency because of her family, but she was doing things we weren't seeing from any anybody else at the time. Uh, and in 2014, uh, Charlotte you know, won the title and defended it against Bailey, Sasha, and Becky throughout the course of that year. And most notably in the co-main event of NXT TakeOver, our evolution, in a fantastic match against Sasha Banks. Which it's will, really good. And we will definitely be talking about it at some point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So Sasha later wins the championship uh, in a fatal four-way match, NXT TakeOver Rival, by pinning Charlotte, which is interesting. He's mm-hmm. kind of building the foundation already. Um, and Banks' popularity absolutely skyrockets she delivers the best heel promos i think we've ever seen oh, uh from from a woman um and it's this is all happening on nxt uh becky lynch who at the beginning of her career was seen as more of a generic character 
uh, but eventually found her footing, established herself as a close friend of Sasha Banks, and eventually that led to an excellent match between those two at TakeOver Unstoppable. And even though Becky lost the bout, this is like my favorite NXT moment of all time. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, So Lynch loses, but she receives a standing ovation from the crowd, and the crowd starts chanting her theme song. I just, I, I can tear up every time I think about it because it's like she's crying, they're crying, and they, like, she didn't even win the match. Mm-hmm. But that's how much the fans appreciated not just Becky, but what was going on in women's wrestling. There's definitely a feeling, you know, whether you were, you were there for that moment or you were watching it live. Yeah, I felt this way because I was, I was in attendance at WrestleMania 32, and I felt this way. I felt like I was watching history. You know what I mean, and that's a that's a surreal a surreal feeling. You know, you don't feel that way every time you go to a WWE event or a wrestling event or a sporting event in general. But there are a few moments when you feel like I'm seeing something that won't ever be seen again. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. It really is. It really is. And I mean, uh, so so that's three of them, right? Then you have Bailey, uh, who uh, debuted in NXT. She had the OG Mickey James gimmick, right? A fan, a super fan. Oh, love it. Who uh, who comes in. Boy, did and, I love Obsessed Mickey James. Right? <laughs> right? That yeah. was great. And I love how Bailey, Bailey picked right back up on it. And, so good. Uh, yeah. You know, that she, she wasn't as creepy as Mickey was. Right. No, she didn't uh, try to seduce her opponents. Uh, uh, so, But she eventually fought her way to the title match against uh, Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Anybody seen that match? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. Of all time. Yeah. I can't imagine we talk about it on this show. Oh, it's never, never. Absolutely incredible. Uh Following this match, all four women enter the ring in a moment that's it, it sort of mirrored the click curtain call, right? Uh, so you've got the four horsewomen standing in the middle of the ring. Uh, and I mean, it's just you knew something momentous was about to take place. You knew this was something special. Yeah, total chills right now just talking about it. And it's Stephanie was clamoring for these four uh, to, to be brought to the main roster. Some would say Stephanie started the women's revolution. Some would. I think it should be noted that Stephanie McMahon should not take credit for the women's revolution. However, it was people like her in her position that did allow it, quote unquote, to happen. Was it going to happen regardless? Yes, probably so. But you need a talker and she's the business side of it, so I'm fine with it. Well, and let's not only credit uh, the four horsewomen for the women's revolution, right. right? You did have people like Paige and like AJ Lee mm-hmm. who were on the main roster and that were doing their best to carry the division with no help from people like Summer Rae and the Bella Twins who no. just kept dragging it down. And, and that's my opinion. I know there are people who love the Bella Twins out there. Uh, I've got a friend of mine who absolutely loves Summer Rae. You know, like, that's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But when you've got the quality of wrestling matches that's going on at NXT, if I'm Stephanie McMahon, I'm clamoring for that kind of energy on my show too. Right. And, and it's not like, let's not make a point that the four horsewomen are, you know, the saving graces of women's wrestling. In, in a lot of ways, I mean, they are the best thing that ever happened to, the women, to women's wrestling in the WWE. But there were some women, like you said, Paige and AJ, huge parts of that. Huge parts of that. Never get enough credit for the two thing, like for the power that those two had. But you think about Beth Phoenix. Talk about somebody that was alone. Yeah, oh. absolutely. In a, in a division, right? You want to talk about right a, place, wrong time. You oh, want to talk about a very sad moment. Go back and watch WrestleMania 27 when she walks out for her match against Snooki, and there's just no life in her eyes because she's clearly saying, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Well, and then who who is she tag teaming with on that night? Is Lay Cool, Michelle McCool specifically? Was a good wrestler. Layla. Layla was Layla a was an excellent good wrestler. wrestler. So it's not like things were were non-existent for the women for that ten-year stretch between WrestleMania 22 and WrestleMania 32. But regardless of how good they were, they almost and I mean almost never got a chance to showcase. No, them. they were not allowed to do anything. So I know this is running a little long, but uh, before we get into like the actual build, there are a couple of things about this match that are just so special. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two years prior, Charlotte is on stage in New Orleans for the WrestleMania 30 Triple H's entrance, right? Mm-hmm. And do you know about this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Triple H yeah. tells her, you will be on this stage again. And I mean, just... Uh, 
Well, Sasha's on that stage too. Yep. Sasha's it's, there. It's Charlotte, Sasha, there. and Alexa. Yeah. And then three years later, Charlotte gets to come out with her three male slaves carrying her. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. At, at a callback to that, which, which I loved. But I mean, that just tells you, you know, you could talk all day long about Triple H and the shovel and all that stuff, you know, whatever you want to say. But, you know, and this is something that he used recently kind of in his character on, on screen is the destroyer and the creator. Because this second half of Triple H to fuel things like this and to be able to tell Charlotte something like that is just awesome. I mean, I, it's just great. It's, it's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, we can't thank Triple H enough for what he's doing. Uh, it really, I mean, I, I you know, just I wish he'd stay away from the ring and do more of this. Um, no, yeah. seriously, Maybe seriously. Won't tear his peck again. Um, and, and another special thing about about this moment for for Sasha is what was the building that this took place in, Spencer? AT and T Stadium, Jerry's World, if you will. Jerry's World. Yeah. So has that been there for a while? So it's a, it's relatively new. Okay. It, it, it's definitely in this decade. It was definitely. It's I, I don't remember exactly the year it opened, but it wasn't maybe two years before this. Okay. So this was definitely like the first chance WrestleMania had to get there and they jumped on it because this is a building that when it was built, there was two things that were most important about it. One of them was the insane television monitor in the middle because it's the biggest one in the country. Oh, yeah. The second is the capacity. It can hold over exactly. 100,000 people. Exactly. And it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful stadium. So uh, I, I saw this like mini documentary about Sasha Banks is uh, Sasha Banks preparing for this match, mm-hmm. and she's talking about her first WWE show, uh, and how it's all led up to this moment. She she goes out in the middle of the arena, and obviously this wouldn't have been the arena that she went to for her first WWE show, but uh, she looks up at the top rafters and points to the last row. She's like that last. I was right there. I was in the last seat of the last row of the arena of the first WWE show. And now she is where she is. Um, f- fun trivia question about, about Sasha Banks. Uh, so according to this docuseries that I saw, uh, Sasha Banks gets nervous before every match and she barely eats anything. Any guesses on what Sasha ate prior to her WrestleMania 32 match? A Snickers? <laughs> uh, no, that'd be Charlotte. <laughs> if you don't know, Snickers has sponsored WrestleMania for the past several Forever years. and ever and ever more, yeah. I, I don't know. What was it, Lynn? A banana and six egg whites. You guys didn't even try. Six wow. egg whites? I love six a banana. I would never have guessed six egg whites. Huh. I thought that was an interesting bit of trivia. Okay, I got, yeah. one, more. I got one more that's a little <laughs> bit more interesting. Okay. So whenever Sasha was in gorilla position right before she went out, she was given a pep talk by this WWE legend. Let's say 2016. Hmm. Well, I know for a fact that Ric Flair was in gorilla position when she was. Yeah, that makes me want to say I Ric Flair. don't think it was Ric Flair. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It is not. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> and God, everything within me wishes that it would have been Eddie because that oh, would have just you... been the we, most special moment. We really can't dig deep into that. <laughs> We just really shouldn't. Oh, we'll be blubbering idiots. Yeah, it would just be. It just would be bad. Uh, no, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin gave her advice ah. before the match. There's a per- there's a beautiful shot of you know he has you know his hands on her shoulders and he's just like right up in her face and he's like telling her, "Look, you can do this. I believe in you." And you can't exactly make out exactly what he's saying, but you you can tell it's it's a really special moment and uh, it. I, I feel like her performance really, really shows in that match. Like she's, she's confident and whatever he said, I'm glad that he said it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the gear for this match. Oh man. Her Eddie, I, yeah. her well, Eddie Guerrero inspired gear. Yeah. So, so Sasha comes out, she's wearing pants, which she never does. Like she's wearing tights. Um, and they, they have Latino heat on the back and it is no secret that Eddie Guerrero is Sasha's inspiration. But to see her come out and and pay tribute in her first ever WrestleMania match on such a big stage and such a big moment, 
we can all we all would know what that would feel like. We all have heroes, right? And to be able to to follow your hero and follow your dream and to reach that moment, um, it's it's almost indescribable. And and for her to to be able to wear the Latino heat, and then she does things in the match, which we'll get to. Um, well, she she wore gear that um, was likened to the gear that Eddie won when he won his first WWE championship against Brock Lesnar at No Way Out. Which Michael Cole does a brilliant job of talking about, as he a does. matter of fact, he during does. Sasha's entrance. Um, that's a very rare Michael Cole compliment on this podcast. <laughs> Don't think too hard about it. And, and But Charlotte... Oh, this is... Uh, you're right, Charlotte. She's wearing this blue robe, and it's just great. It's just a really quality blue robe. She doesn't have her name on the back yet because she doesn't have a last name yet, but it's the same robe. It's it's parts of the robe that her father, Ric Flair, used in his last match at WrestleMania 24. Yeah. Which we will also talk at some point. I mean, does it not? I, th- I think it does say Flair on the back, does it not? I don't know if she ever turns around during this the be- entrance. Uh, this is before she started doing the, the spin. Yeah, it's before. Okay. Yeah. Um, at this point, she's just Charlotte. She's not considered Charlotte Flair just yet. Yeah, so a little bit surreal and just really amazing. Like the fact that she would use some of her father's robe to, oh, I mean, come on. It doesn't get much better than that. And there's just a big match feel. For this match. I don't know if it's the unveiling at the beginning of the show or it's just the the equality like mm-hmm. it's finally mm-hmm. there. Uh, the belt looks the same as the men's belt. Uh, the men's and women's champions uh, are, are both going to be featured on the Today Show the next night. Like, Right. So... So going into this match, just we don't even need to really do the big build, right? We all kind of know how it, how it happens. Um, basically, Charlotte beats Nikki Bella for the Divas Championship several months earlier, close to 200 days prior to this. Um, Charlotte has a feud with Becky. Um, they have a match at the Royal Rumble. At the end of that, after Charlotte wins, Sasha comes out after a bit of an absence, and the crowd is on fire for Sasha Banks. She stakes her claim. They end up getting this triple threat match at WrestleMania. And from the very pre-show... It's a big match feel. But I'll tell you, it's a big match feel even before that. You know why? Because who's outside on the stadium? All three women are on the side of the building. Yep. Yeah, I forgot about that. They are there. And and they do. They do a great job of the, the cameraman really showing off that, you know, you know, you always have the, uh, you know, you've got your Roman Reigns on the side of the building. You've got your Triple H on the side of the building. You've got the Undertaker. But for this WrestleMania, it's Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. And I just, incredible stuff. And I love, you know, they do the documentary on, on the network about this. And they kind of show as they drive by and their initial reactions to seeing them on the side. And it's, I mean, could you imagine could you imagine what that's like? I I can't. No, not I, at all. I can't. Um, but then it gets to the actual. Well, and it's not just about. Uh, it it's not just about. Oh, you know, you're a wrestler who you know this has been your dream to come up and and be mm-hmm. in as part of WrestleMania. This it 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 is that, and that's definitely there. This is a dream that they've all had since they were kids. But this is about. Oh. You're a woman who has not had these kinds of opportunities in the past, and you're going to be the first, and you're going to break the mold, and you're going to set the stage for everything moving forward. And just like you, Sasha, and Charlotte, and Becky, just like you dreamed of this moment growing up, think of how many more women and how many more girls can can dream of this moment because of what they're seeing at WrestleMania 32. Exactly. And that's what brings chills to everyone whenever they say that's why Sasha is crying when she sees her face in the side that's, right that's why you're crying along with her yeah. you know it's it's incredible I completely forgot about the documentary but now that you're talking about it, like oh I do remember watching this oh it's high quality yeah, it's really <laughs> I agree so you know the fans are behind this feud they are behind this match they want to see it they're they're ready for something new so when they have the pre-show and they have Lita come out and unveil the new women's championship the first ever WWE Women's Championship, yeah. by the way. Massive asterisk, first ever. First ever. Um, right. 
it just raised the bar that much more. I just got to say, I completely forgot that was in the pre-show. I had it in my head that that happened before this match. I could have sworn they had this whole ceremony after Brock and and Ambrose, and that's when we had this. But like, no, I'm like, oh, no, I was wrong. It's just Lita was in the ring holding the belt while they were coming out. Right. I just I completely forgot. I guess it's selective memory, but... How appropriate to have Lita giving the title away, right? Uh, she, right. And she gave such an eloquent speech, and I just remember going like, the new belt's there. Well, you know, we played a part of it for you at the open of the show, right? And it was... It, it stands the test of time. It was the perfect speech for that moment, and it was the perfect person to deliver it. I agree. Um, they, then we get we get the video package, right? Oh that I God. love. First of all, Paul has a bit of an issue. I like parts of it. <laughs> I do not appreciate them making Mula. I'm sorry, May Young. Oh, God damn it, making Mula out to be <laughs> this wonderful person when in reality we find out shortly after that she essentially was a sex trafficker of female wrestlers. She would partially train them and whore them out to other. Bookers, I don't appreciate that. To be fair, we didn't know that at this time. It was about a year later we found out about this. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I also don't appreciate them implying that Stephanie started the women's revolution. She did not. She did help it, but she did not start it. I do just briefly want to say, aside to this, they used "Confident" by Demi Lovato as the song in this video package. How did we feel? Loved it. Loved it. do really like that song. Loved it. Okay, I'm really glad. I was really afraid I was going to be the only one that really (laughs) enjoyed it and thought it was perfect for that. No, it's perfect. Glad you guys agree. Now, to be honest, like I said, the second half of this package is great. It hypes up the match. It's just the first, like, 30 seconds that are just like, this is not important. Talk about the match. The entrances. We've already talked about the gear, and, and we couldn't talk enough about it, right? There is a lot to say there. Um, but a couple other things I want to point out in the entrances. First of all, Sasha gets Snoop Dogg out there, which <laughs> say what you will about that. WWE Hall of Famer Snoop Dogg. That's right. But Raven Felix is the girl that sings her entrance song. She does a fantastic job. She does a great job, but she's wearing a shirt and it says, never underestimate the power of a woman. Really? That is I the shirt she's wearing that. on the stage. Really? I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm so happy you mentioned that. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, when Sasha enters the ring, they bring up the building again, right? And this is a great JBL line <laughs> that he mentions <laughs> while she's saying that. You know, Cole mentions that Sasha cried when she saw herself on the building. JBL says, she cried because she wondered why it took her so long to put her up there. She's the boss. <laughs> a rare time where JBL is not bullying somebody. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And going into this match... It is very, very clear Sasha Banks is the crowd favorite. Are we going to completely ignore Becky Lynch's awesomely bad entrance? It just was not given enough or as much care and attention as the other two. She was almost like a non-factor until the match started, and I did not like that. I didn't remember it that way. Yeah, I feel like Becky was treated as the, you know, redheaded stepchild, no pun intended. Well, speaking of her uh, red hair, uh, did anybody else just despise the ridiculous ins- like the extensions she had in this match? They were so distracting. It was odd. I don't think it really it really went with her whole steampunk gimmick at all. I, I also, it looked like more of a you know Native American. I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed thing. <laughs> I also, I hated the steampunk gimmick. I'm so happy when she came back recently as the man, and she's just like. I may she's not wearing hair extensions, she's not doing a stupid gimmick, she's just being her badass self. Yep, she's Becky Lynch. She's I haven't heard I have heard pre the man Becky comes out with terrible hair extensions. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate the steampunk look. So this sets up just to kind of finish painting the picture for you. The three of them are in the ring. You know, Lillian's announcing them, Lita's standing there with the belt. We have Michael Cole, JBL, and Byron Saxton on commentary. Uh and I will give Either one of you, one thousand American dollars, if you can name the referee. I was hoping you could tell me because I could not find out who this guy was. I wish I would have paid attention because I could really use that thousand. One thousand American dollars. They don't mention his name. I have no idea who he is. He's a guy who, first of all, has been around a lot longer than I thought because I didn't even realize he was around then because he's still around. His name is uh, Dan Engler. I never would have guessed that. I should have guessed. I should. Well, a lot of times for the I championship know. matches, they'll say, "Oh, referee." Billy Silverman, I don't know. Somebody. I don't think they said it because it sounds like he's your accountant. They didn't. They did not show the referee. 
when they're coming out, they show Lita holding the belt, which is appropriate, but I like knowing who my referee is. I right. like knowing who to shout out whenever they're not paying attention because there's a distraction on the apron or they're giving a five count when there is no five count because it's a triple threat match. Oh, I want to know who to shout at. Absolutely. There was a period of time where I watched pro wrestling with a bad call brick next to me at all it. times, and I'd throw it at the TV. <laughs> I love it. I love this. That uh, was a fast count, Chad. <laughs> Damn Chad Patton. Dan does a pretty decent job throughout the course of this match, but that's besides the point. Uh, we, we get to the match, and these women show out from the beginning. Oh, I agree. I just put down, there's no friends in this match because they immediately start beating each other up. Right. Right, you. I mean, you know from the get-go that it's not going to be Sasha and Becky versus Charlotte. It's not going to be Charlotte and, and Sasha, you know, igniting their feud. It's all three of them, and they are from the jump all over it. It's an incredible opening segment because mm-hmm. you you see this a lot in uh, singles matches, particularly when it's a, a on a big stage. They do, uh, you know, these series of pin near pins and reversals. And you usually see it one on one, but it's very rare you get to see this done with three people, and they pull it off really well. Oh yeah, I was gonna say they do briefly tease the Sasha and Becky versus Charlotte for about ten seconds, and then they start hitting each other, and mm-hmm. then we just get—it's like a minute straight of just chain wrestling, reversals, pin attempts, broke like kick out, reverse into their pin, and I'm like, whoa, okay, here we go. These women are here to prove a point right now, and I love it. Right, it's a really fast start. You know they're not messing around. And then to solidify that, Sasha Banks hits the first sort of bigger move in the match when she hits the sort of top rope. She she jumps onto the top rope and does the hurricanrana. Yeah, top rope springboard mm-hmm. hurricanrana. I'm like, holy shit. And of course, she she does the, the Eddie, you know, kind of taunt Viva La Rasa sort of thing afterwards. And you're just like, it's her night. And That's then what JBL even shouts night. Viva La Rasa after she does it. Right. Well, right. and by the crowd reaction she gets, it really feels like it's her moment. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the loudest pops of the night at this point. The only pop that was louder than this match was Stone Cold coming out to beat up the League of Nations. <laughs> That's the loudest oh, pop of the night. This is the on. second loudest pop of the night. Hold on. I was there, and I completely <laughs> forgot that that happened. How could you? That's the loudest pop of the night. How could you forget I, wait, that? That's the, wait, that's the one Stone Cold, Mick Foley, and Shawn Michaels yeah. come out, right? And Shawn Michaels is the only one in shape. I I just would have never remembered that. Although I do love he Xavier Woods out. takes a stunner, doesn't he? Everybody takes a stunner. No, Stone Cold starts doing the Carlton dance and then gives him a stunner <laughs> out of his boots. That's right. Oh man, yeah, it's I, the funniest thing ever. I, I don't know why this was the best match on the card. Like the the gifts of this of that on Tumblr were so insane for like the next month. Love it. So many gifts. Love I loved it. it. So this match, um, it is first of all just back and forth. The whole time. There is never a moment where one person is really dominating. It was absolutely beautifully done the way that they were able to pace this match. And and they took full advantage of it being a triple threat match. Right. 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 Uh, because whenever you do that, there doesn't have to be so many rest holds. And there were submission holds in this match. But they were all very fine-tuned. Yeah. Because all three of these wrestlers have submission holds as their finishing move. Yeah, I, I like how if they, if they popped on a hold, it wasn't like a, all right, let's rest for th- 10 seconds. It's like, no, this is my finish. I'm trying to win the match. Well, or it's broken up. Yeah, or my finish is the figure eight. Let me do a hold that's going to be working on your leg. Yeah. There was constant motion. There was constant purpose behind every action in this match. And I, I feel like the fact that it was a triple threat lended itself uh, to, to that. I like what you're trying to say is this match had grid psychology. Excellent. Which we did not see a lot in women's matches in WWE until this point. That's, that is a great point. You're right. They're absolutely telling a story, and it's making sense as this match goes along. Um, I, one of the moments that I, I really, really love, and it happens way earlier in the match than I remember, um, but Charlotte gets Becky in the figure four. Sasha's been out of the ring until all of a sudden she's not because she... <laughs> is doing a frog splash oh, it's a onto beautiful, the figure four. It's a beautiful frog splash, too. And I got to imagine, she landed right onto Charlotte's legs. God, that had to hurt. <laughs> Could not have felt good. Oh, but Becky, I'm sorry, Becky. Sasha gets up immediately. So she's like, oh, yeah, she's firing up now. And then she immediately gets thrown out. <laughs> so I do want to mention real quick, 
just because you know we're talking about how great this match is, and uh, you know I really hope that everyone else is is following along and watching these matches alongside us. Uh, and if you're watching, you will notice that this match is not perfect. Mm-hmm. There are a few you know, relatively big botches that were very noticeable. Um, uh, but I feel like the uh, their ability to keep calm and work through those things uh, is a testament to uh, the level of performers that these were. Because, you know, a lot of times whenever you see more inexperienced uh, wrestlers botch in a match, you see the frustration and then you see them go for it again. But whenever Sasha tried to hit the sunset flip and kind of totally missed, they just kind of moved on with the spot. And and so it's easy to forget that it even happened in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah, we've seen it from men and women. We still see it all the time. When something doesn't go right and they panic and they just about freeze in the ring. And that doesn't happen. That's a really great point because it isn't a flawless match. No. Like none of the matches we're gonna talk about are gonna be flawless. So so maybe that wasn't the most beautiful thing we've ever seen, but I'll tell you what was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen was Becky Lynch doing an arm trap reverse DDT. When's the last time you heard the phrase arm trap reverse DDT? Uh maybe in a Taz match? I don't know. Right? It was gorgeous. Good point. And I'm actually glad you said that because there is a moment here where you realize Becky is lighting it up. She's on oh, fire. Yeah. She's straight fire, if she, you will, right? She out-wrestles both of them in this match. And, and Paul, you said that, that Becky was an afterthought going into it oh, in she, a lot of ways. She has her working boots on tonight because like, she out-wrestles both of them. Well, commentary proves that point because they say halfway through the match man becky lynch has been impressive yes as if they're surprised yeah i really think that she had a massive chip in her shoulder because most of that pre-package is about sasha and charlotte that's a great point. she is not mentioned a whole lot during that she's mentioned when they all three of them came out on raw to beat up the what was it the, the sorority sisterhood what was that oh oh uh oh the submission sorority submission they sorority. had to change Thank that you. name anybody remember that yeah. No. Yeah, they were in the submission sorority, but that was an adult website. They had to change the name. Oh, no. Also, the initials are <laughs> SS. Anyways. <laughs> uh, and, and you're Googling it right now. Yeah, we'll hold five seconds. <laughs> and sorry you had to see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Becky totally responds to this chip on her shoulder, and she shows up and is phenomenal oh, yeah. throughout the course of this match. Yeah, she breaks out some chains wrestling spots that are impressive. Like at one point she does a German suplex and then she does not let go and then she does a pump handle uranagi. And I'm like, good lord. When's the last time you've heard the phrase pump handle uranagi? Well, we didn't hear it that night because Cole called it a rock bottom. <laughs> well, The Rock does come out and beat Eric Rowan in six seconds right after this. So, But no, really, it's it's a testament to how creative uh, Becky Lynch is. Like, she is a real wrestler's wrestler. Oh, what? yeah, exactly. And I love the way you put that because you're absolutely right. And I'm going to be honest, in my notes, I stopped writing Becky and just started putting the man. The man. I couldn't help it. It's shorter than writing out Becky Lynch every five seconds. I'd also like to talk about how well Charlotte was selling everything in this match oh yeah so early on in the match becky is working charlotte's arm obviously she wants to get her to tap to the disarmor a little bit later uh and then charlotte's able to get becky lynch in the figure eight but she can't lift up like she normally can because the arm has been worked over exactly that is called ring psychology and it's really impressive seeing that from someone like charlotte flair who has not been in the game very long no this is all of their first wrestlemanias yep i mean that should not be forgotten at any point this was all of their first wrestlemanias and you're right she can't turn the figure four into a figure eight it's just the figure four which is still brutal but oh yeah the, but the point is is that the damage is seen you can you can see what's been happening and it and it's not a case of you know, this limb damage that is irrelevant, you know, like this no cell that we've seen kind of a lot. Yeah. But we, we, we shift into one of my favorite moments in the match where the boss does a suicide dive to Charlotte on the outside and it's beautiful. And then Ric Flair is looking on an amazement and then he gets a suicide dive from Becky. <laughs> in the final bump ever taken by Ric Flair in WWE. Well, the final wrestling bump taken by Ric Flair. 
Ooh. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we, we kind of glossed over though the suicide dive from uh from Sasha Banks. She oh, does God. the suicide dive, but then at the very last second, she decides to tuck. She tucks her head at the last second, making it a senton. But it's like, if you were going to do a flip senton, you probably should have gotten some hops and gone over the top. No, which which she has done before. Exactly. I think... This was scary looking. Well, I think that may have been nerves. Because we knew she was nervous. I think that was just last second. Oh, shit. I need to tuck. Which she did not need to do because it scared the shit out of us. I think it's because Lita was sitting ringside and she just had to like... You know, kind of vibe with Lita for a second. Like, how scary could this be? Well, I mean, <laughs> as said uh, previously on here, Lita does the scariest suicide dive of all time. Fact. Uh, this is fact. This is the second scariest. Her, t- her, her tucking into a senton at the last second makes this like very high up that list of scary suicide dives. Both of these dives from Sasha and Becky set up, and I and I hate to sound so WWE corporate about it, but it sets up a WrestleMania moment. Oh, I agree. As I said earlier, the crowd starts getting really loud at this point. And Becky and Sasha stand up together on the outside of the ring, and you get the Charlotte moonsault. And it felt <sighs> so natural. No pun intended, mm-hmm. since she's known as the natural. But no, seriously, it felt so natural for Sasha to go out there and do the suicide dive and then Becky's like, oh, okay, let me go after Ric Flair because he's right there. And then Charlotte's able to take advantage of all of that. It just, it it was set up so smooth. And that moonsault is absolutely gorgeous. I remember the moment it happened. I looked over, I was with my friend Matt. I looked over and I said, what we just saw, we're going to see a million times over and over again in any video package of, that has relevance at all for the next 25 years. Mm-hmm. Well, what I saw was... Hey, Shane, top this in your match. Damn. (laughs) I mean, he tried to. Damn. But I was going to say, as far as the man's suicide dive to Ric Flair, I feel like that was her getting revenge for the time that Ric Flair kissed her to distract her in a match. (laughs) And it's funny you mentioned that Charlotte's moonsault is natural because the next move she does is a double natural selection. Hey, yo. Very good. Very good. It should be noted that when you watch the Becky dive onto Flair, Sasha does sort of pull him in the way. <laughs> so it you know, it, it could be played off as she was going for Sasha, but Sasha pulled oh, her yeah, in. I, but, just, I just love because I, I remembered as I was watching the match, oh, that's right. He did kiss her to distract her in a match once. That did happen. Uh, yeah, we get the double natural selection, and that's a really fun moment because heel Charlotte goes back and forth between the two of them trying to catch oh, a pinfall. Yes, I love this. And anytime there is a, I'm going to try to pin two people four or five times in a row to get really frustrated at the two counts. I just love that. She's making Daniel work for it. Yes, <laughs> he has to count. Oh, gosh. And then we get the worst bank statement of all time. Ooh. It it looks real rough. Uh, She's not all the way, uh, you know, I I believe it was Becky was supposed to be taking it. Becky wasn't standing up. No, she she was like sitting down. So, yeah. So, because Becky had Charlotte in the disarm her at this Mm -hmm. point. Uh, So, it was really, really hard to get it from that position. It was, it kind of, in the moment, sort of reminded me a little bit of, uh, do you remember WrestleMania 20, the triple threat match, Chris and Sean and, and Triple H? When Chris Benoit has Triple H in the sharpshooter, and then Shawn Michaels comes around out of nowhere and hits him with the super kick, mm-hmm. it kind of was like that. It's, the super kick looked a lot better <laughs> than his bank statement. Well, the super kick's a little bit easier to pull off, right? But it was sort of this—you know—I'm in a submission move. I'm much lower to the ground, but I'm still trying to hit my finisher on you. Is pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh man, you know, I just thought of when you said that. Do you remember the time on Raw where Jericho has John Cena? In, oh in yeah, this is bad Jericho. Too. Yeah, and Randy Orton goes to do a bulldog and he misses. Yeah, and he has to do it again. Yeah. That speaking just, of speaking of botches that that look awful. Because, <laughs> no, that's a botch because Jericho looks like what the hell are you do? Oh shit, I meant to take that, and then he just does it again. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I don't have a, a super big problem with the bank statement. It's it's not pretty, but what I like about it is that it actually goes on to be a figure four. Charlotte puts. Sasha in a figure four so they have a really fun moment between the three of them where they they're switching each other in and out of their own finishing submissions exactly it's it's a unique thing that you can only do when you have three athletes in there who use submissions oh I agree 
After this, we get my second favorite spot of the match. Charlotte attempts to give Sasha Banks a powerbomb, which, once again, a powerbomb has been used in every match we've reviewed, except for this one, because the powerbomb gets reversed into a Hirokarana attempt, which wow, is a little, blocked. A little Paul fact. I liked it. It's blocked. Yeah. Charlotte picks her back up for a powerbomb and then turns her around for an electric chair drop. But before she can do it, they both get top rope drop kicked by the man. And they all hit the ground like a bag of rocks. And it's awesome. And so it's awesome, but I was really looking forward to that uh, flip over Hurricanrana that we were going to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. She almost gets yeah. it. She almost gets it. It's blocked at the very last second. I almost feel like... Until you mentioned there's a lot of botches, like, really? Because that was, oh, wait a minute, maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> you know, another thing we haven't discussed uh, with this match, and, and something that we, we could only get from the three people that were in the ring, was the diverse, colorful hair that oh, we man. had flying oh, everywhere yes. in the match. Well, let me, let me be totally honest with you. I will make no secret about it. I love Sasha Banks's hair all the time. Oh, me too. All the time. It's sometimes it's that really dark purple. Sometimes it's closer to pink, like it was. You know, Spencer, I think you could pull it off. I, don't you tempt have, me. You have, haven't well, you? Well, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just get some purple extensions to look fine. Right, but you're right. It, it is. Don't you it tempt is, me? <laughs> it is vibrant, if nothing else, between Charlotte's blonde hair that goes all over the place. Charlotte loses hair in a match. Like no one's business, <laughs> all the time. Anyway, uh, because she's wearing extensions. Well, I, well yeah, but um, Becky's losing. It's just it's too much. It's a whole lot happening. Yeah. So um, Charlotte with the blonde hair, Sasha with the pink hair, Becky with the bright orange hair. It's it's there's there's such a great contrast, and it's I I don't want to like because it sounds like I'm sucking up if I say it's telling the story, but <laughs> it really it added to the match for they're, me. Their characters. Yeah, they're characters. The three very distinct visuals, like when you're looking at them. Um, we get to another really awesome moment. So it's been it's been a big build, and then all three women. It's sort of like the stalemate in the middle, and like towards the end of the match, where they're all just chopping each oh, other, yes. and they and they're punching each other, and they're throwing forearms, and they're throwing whatever, and it leads to a spear on Sasha Banks from Charlotte. And you're thinking, here we go. Like, Charlotte's going to get away with it. And Sasha's going to be the one that, that loses. And, and Sasha's the one that everyone wants to win. But then we actually get this really, really cool spot from the corner. Paul, do you remember which one I'm talking about? Uh, if you were referring to the man hitting a top rope exploder suplex to Charlotte, then yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. While Sasha Banks is tied in the in tree, the of, tree woe? of woe? Absolutely. And I'm so, like, ooh, this is scary. I believe the Bexploder is a Taz capture suplex, whereas this was a fisherman, fisherman. suplex. It was it's a, a little fisherman bit suplex, mm-hmm. uh, but Michael Cole says Bexploder, which he is does. one of the f- many, many times he calls the okay. r- move incorrectly. Michael Cole calls moves incorrectly. What? Well, he doesn't say chairs or stairs, so we're This changes we're okay. my life. <laughs> but no, okay, so the I feel like the corner move, although I love a fisherman suplex, and it's very rare to see one off the top rope, I feel like there was a missed opportunity here because if you remember while she does that, Sasha Banks is tied in the tree of woe Mm -hmm. underneath them. Mm -hmm. And this is when I thought Sasha was going to use her beautiful abs and rise up and German suplex Becky off and Becky would still do the fisherman suplex, so she would launch both of them off, and then that would set up Sasha crawling to the top rope and doing the frog splash for the win. I thought that was going to be the finish of the match. I had it in my head, and when she didn't rise up, I was worried that maybe Sasha wouldn't win. Now that you've said that, now I want to... Go, go back, back in, in time. time and be like, hey, you need to do this yes. right now. I don't care what they told you to finish it. You're doing this because it'll be like the greatest moment in the history of wrestling. That should have been the finish. Had Sasha been the winner. Absolutely. I completely agree. But instead what we get is Sasha gets lynched in the bank statement. Charlotte Flair comes back from the outside very quickly. Oh, yes. Tosses Sasha out of the ring and puts Becky in the figure eight. And then Rick would not let Sasha back in the ring. Well, what I love is that 
she puts Becky in the figure four and then does get that bridge on the figure eight, you know, that she couldn't get earlier in the match. So I love that little story there at the end that she's able to bridge into the figure eight. But you're right. Ric Flair is holding Sasha back on the side. And in case you didn't notice it, Michael Cole screams it at you for 30 seconds and like insanely loudly. Um, But then Becky Lynch taps out. Charlotte Flair is your WWE women's champion. And, you know, no shade on Becky at all. I absolutely love Becky Lynch. That was the weakest tap I've ever seen. I am so glad you said something because, man, I when, every time I watch that match, because I have seen it several times, I just think, why is she not just absolutely like hammering the match? She is with- not selling the tap out at and all. And she shouldn't because I feel like, as I said before, she was an afterthought in this match. And I feel like that maybe she shouldn't have won the match, but I do not think she should have been the person pinned or submitted. But okay, so we'll we'll talk about you know the fact that everyone in that building was so pissed uh, in, in a minute. But let's pay credit to the work that those three wrestlers did because it felt like a wrestling match. Yes, it, it did. was not overly motivated by anything other than being who's going to be the best wrestler in the ring tonight and who's going to walk away the first ever WWE Women's Champion. You know, because a lot of times, and, and Vince Russo will tell you that, you know, well, the match wasn't uh, great because we've seen all three of these wrestlers wrestle each other before, you know, and, and a true great match is the Shane and Undertaker match because they didn't even touch each other before the show, and that was all storytelling that led up to it, and so it was a big deal when they got in the ring together. And you know what, Vince Russo, you're right. But this match was such a great, like, actual performance between the three competitors in the ring. I didn't care how many times I had previously seen them. They told a meaningful story with the the moves that they did and the psychology that was in the ring. I, I, I would watch it a million times over. And more importantly, they didn't have to jump off the hell in a cell for the fans to give a shit. You're, you're right. Uh, two things I want to say about that. One of them is we knew... Becky and Sasha and Charlotte before this match ever happened because we followed it and we followed NXT. But a point that gets proven over and over again is the gap between people that watch NXT and people that watch the main roster on WWE. So the 90 plus thousand people that were there, there was a portion of them, a very big portion of them that didn't know what these three women could do together in a ring. Oh no. And they get very loud in this match. They do. They, they, they are thrilled and the other thing i wanted to to make kind of on your point there landon is you're right there's not a whole lot of soap opera storytelling about this match it is about who wants to be the best but that makes me want to break down sports entertainment there's two words there right entertainment that can be your drama your storytelling but when you watch sports you want to know who's the best when, when you watch football, when you watch basketball, when you watch baseball, whatever it is, you're watching to see which team, which person is better than the other one. So when you are watching Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks, you wanted to know which women was best. And they all fought for it in this one. They did. And sometimes that is more than enough. I agree. Favorite moments. I kind of already mentioned mine, but I'll mention them again. Yeah, what was your favorite? The, the, sui- the two suicide dives, most important, the suicide dive to Ric Flair and the fisherman suplex off the top rope. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my favorite moment being right after that, the, the moonsault, moonsault from Charlotte the moonsault, is, yeah. is incredible. And it's, it's almost more importantly to me a, a uh, hat tip to Lita, who is giving that title away. And uh, I, I did kind of put like honorable mention in as far as that one goes. But I did point out that I may have thrown a little bit of shade about Stephanie McMahon trying to insert herself into these roles sometime. But she did not have anything to do with this match. That's very true. Yeah, she wasn't a commentator. Yeah, she, yeah. she wasn't yeah. a ring announcer. Nothing. You're right. Where the next, like the next year, she was all over the big women's match, and I did not like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you here? Um, if I had to pick a favorite moment, it's probably the moonsault. Uh, followed very closely by the frog splash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just love both of those things. And I love Sasha Banks so much. 
uh, I just, this whole match, all three women, I, I think that, you know, I sort of have become branded as this, the person on this show that, that is the woman's wrestling fan, you know, that sort of has those moments and, and is kind of the bigger supporter. Um, but I wasn't until this match, you know, it's not like I, I grew up and was a fan of Maurice and Melina all day long. <laughs> like I wasn't, uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, but, um, <laughs> I did think about like, wait, what? No, really. but it was performances like this that, uh, that inspired me and, and made me invest. And, and those two moments, the moonsault and the, uh, frog splash were just were really, really cool. I do have to say, though, that it shows how good a match is when you're like, oh, yes, I forgot about that moment because there was these moments right. were also so good that you have to like go, oh, my God, you're right. That was great. For them to have so many moments where you can either forget or have to remember just goes to show, like, once again, just how good of a job they did. I didn't forget about the frog splash, but it was just, oh, but this and this and this and this and this. It was nonstop action from Yeah, it really Bell. was. All right, so we know it was a great match. We've talked at length about how much we enjoyed it. <laughs> but is long. it the last match standing? Hmm. And, and this is going to get so interesting now, right? Because every week it's going to get a little bit more difficult to, to rank because we have five amazing matches already up there. Yeah, so just to break it down for you in case you, you don't know where we stand, in case you haven't checked out our ranker page, um, right now it's coming in at number five. Triple H and Cactus Jack from Royal Rumble 2000. Uh, number four is Eddie and Ray from Halloween Havoc. Number three is that Lita and Trish main event from Monday Night Raw. <laughs> number two is Bret Hart and Steve Austin, what I thought was going to be the perennial number one, the entirety of this podcast. That comes in at number two. And then number one, HBK and Triple H from SummerSlam 2002, unsanctioned. <laughs> so where does this one fit in? Well, none of those five matches has Stephen Amell in the front row. <laughs> That's a great point. I was wait. I was I, you know how it, how long it goes it up. It goes up at least one spot just because of that. I was I was timing it to see if you, what time we'd get a, a Stephen Amell reference. That's awesome. Uh, an gonna, hour and one minute. Oh, I was going to bring it up earlier, but like, no, it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. But I have to say, it it good now. timing. I think you waited just for the right time. Sixty-one minutes, great, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Paul. Where would you rank this? Ooh, this is hard. I would rank it above Lita and Trish. I, I guess it's hard because I'm going to say, for me, I personally enjoyed this match more than a submission match. I don't think it is a better match, though. So I will confidently say, for me, this is number three. Okay. So the reason that Trish and Lita is number three, the reason that the Trish and Lita match went above the Eddie versus Ray match for me was because of the impact it had on women's wrestling as a whole. For me, this match, while incredible and obviously impactful and meaningful for women's wrestling going forward, isn't as incredible as the Eddie versus Ray match for me. There were some great moments, but... I would have a really tough time putting it over Eddie versus Ray. For me, I would slide this match in as number five, pushing Triple H and Cactus Jack to number six. Okay. That's fair. So that has that has Paul pushing it at number three right now, right? Paul at three, Landon at five. Three women, match number three. Yes. Um, here's here's my thing with this match. Uh, it's It's one of my favorites. It was the match of the night on the biggest night of the year. It is a match that had the women had an opportunity that they had never had before, and they proved that they deserved it. They earned their spot, and they deserved it. 
However, this match does not happen if Lita and Trish does not happen first. Years before. So I'm going to split the difference between the two of you. (laughs) And I'm going to say fourth. Right behind Lita and Trish. Okay. I think that's very fair to split the difference. We've we've all kind of, you know, stated our case. And, you know, I, I think the more I think about it, the more that sounds very right um, because of the the legacy that this match uh, has had and will continue to have for, for women going forward. I think uh, number four right under Lita and Trish sounds like a great spot for this match. There you go. There you have it. This was hard. It's only going to get more difficult yeah. as we go. Oh, just wait. I, it's gonna, you know what's going to be a really interesting one is the one we have for you next week. So we'll get there. But uh, first of all, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. If you stayed along this, this whole time, first of all, I, I hope you're going on a road trip somewhere fun. <laughs> uh, but, but more importantly, um, review us. Just like we're reviewing these matches, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, feel free to review us. We'd love that. Um, follow us on our Facebook page, on our uh, Twitter. Um, that's at LastMatchCast. Um, you can also email us if we messed up, because I'm sure we did. Um, or if you have any match suggestions, we would love to do any suggestions that you have for us. Um, you can email us at lastmatchstanding at gmail.com. And also the ranker. You know, this, this list is getting harder for us as we go. It's going to get harder for you guys as well. So definitely join us on the ranker to rank it yourself. Yep, the ranker.com slash lastmatchstanding. The last time I checked the ranker match, it's actually very different from our personal list. So I'm interested to see how it changes going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, our number one is pretty much on the mark, uh, but I think everything under that is 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 kind of constantly shifting based on uh, what you guys what you guys think. So we we'd love for you to please keep letting us know what you think about the podcast, about how you would rank these matches, and uh, you know we're we're looking forward to next week for sure. You know what I love so far about our list, and it's only going to keep getting better, is that all these matches are so different, and that's what makes oh, it so yes. hard to rank. Yeah, but that's what makes our our ranker page. So, so kind of diverse. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but like Landon said, can't wait to, to share what we have for you next week. Uh, but until then, I'm Spencer. Uh, I'm Paul. And I'm Landon. And this is Last, Last Match Standing. Standing.